0: Um, today, I am here with Jamil and I'm super excited, more precisely, Dr. Jamil. And I am honored to have you as my guest today. Please introduce yourself a little bit. Who is Jamil, Dr. Jamil?
1: Thank you so much, Barbara. It's such a pleasure to be with you here today and see the <laughs> wonderful smile that you have. And for everyone tuning in, thank you for taking the time to be with us. A little bit about me. Um, As Barbara said, I'm Dr. Jamil Saej. I'm a life, business, and relationship coach, as well as a licensed naturopathic physician. And ultimately, everything I do is centered around helping people experience more peace, happiness, and fulfillment while creating an extraordinary life without regret. I love spending time with people and helping them create miracles in their life, and that's something I've been blessed to do for nearly two decades now, and I love it more than anything. And every day is a new expansion of that, it's a new addition to the journey and every day is different. So it's really wonderful. And I will uh, keep it short and sweet and I'll pause there.
0: Okay, thank you very much. That was a beautiful introduction. Since I'm a language and culture person and big communication person, um, and you have such a unique story about yourself, I would love to know more about you, your family, your experience with cultures, languages and communication.
1: Mm. Hmm. That's very interesting. Yeah. So um, as you and I have discussed in the past, so growing up, you know, my family, my mom's side of the family is Spanish and my dad's side of the family is Arabic. And so having that cultural richness on both sides was such a wonderful upbringing and family was and is such a crucial aspect of that foundation and so my dad's family both my both sides are very big but i only really knew my dad's side in terms of like the the size of it my dad's side of the family my dad was one of eight kids and they all had like eight kids (laughs) except for my dad and mom only had my sister and i and so second cousins third cousins and so on so there's like 40 to 60 cousins at like every party and uncles and aunts, So family parties, like 200 people. <laughs> and uh, it, it was always, you know, so beautiful. And the, um, the cultural side of it was fantastic, and the music and the food and all these different things, you know, but then also having the Spanish side as well, and getting to visit that side of my mom's family and different, but just as beautiful, you know, in a different way. And so growing up, I felt very fortunate to have the two different sides, different cultures, but both of them were deeply rooted really in love and in family and so that just definitely shaped me to a large degree and i think i'll pause there like the food the music you know the 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 live the liveliness of my mom's side of the family, is always dancing you know (laughs) always having a good time and yeah it's a beautiful
2: way to live
0: yes and it shows in you whenever i see you um at events or at meetings you are so positive and joyful and it's just um infectuating. It's just beautiful. I totally love Thank it.
2: Thank you mm-hmm. so much.
0: Yes. And if I would ask you something that you might be misunderstood, is there anything where you feel like you are misunderstood ever? Hmm. Where I people that... perceive you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think the
1: interesting question. So I think that I'm gonna answer that from a deeper level than I initially thought I was going to. I think that I can't not be misunderstood and I think that applies to all of us and the reason I say that is in my experience everyone lives in their own world. Everyone lives in their own reality and the reason is because we don't experience life the way that it is. We experience life the way that we are because we each have our own Filters, our biases, our conditions, our programming, if you want to call it that, our belief systems, and we have a certain way of seeing the world, and so when someone, using your question, you know, aimed at me, when somebody experiences me, they don't actually experience who I am, they experience their projection of who I am, they experience how they perceive me to be, which can be very different from the real thing. And so I think that's a very interesting way to look at it, because in a way you will always be misunderstood no matter what. And if you make that a problem, then that's going to be a problem for you. But if you let it go and you say, you know what? People are going (laughs) to hold their, They're going to be I'm going to be who I am in their head. And I can't control what that is, but I can control like what I put out. I can control how I show up. And so I I think that I can be misunderstood because sometimes I'm you know, one of my favorite words is enthusiasm, and I can be very enthusiastic and some people, if they're not, if it's not landing for them, or if they're not, if, 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 it's, if it's a subject that I'm so passionate about that might trigger a belief that they hold really true. And they think that what I'm saying is challenging that belief, then rather than, you know, take an honest look at it and say, is there some truth in what he's saying? They might kind of close down to protect the belief and then now label me as something. Now, that's got nothing to do with me. That's just their projection, right? And so bringing it home, I think that I'm always misunderstood, as is everybody else. And it's just kind of a part of the nature of the game.
0: I totally love that. That's such an interesting angle and way to look at it. And so how do you, on the other hand, deal with people that you misunderstand? Are you aware of labeling people?
2: Mm-hmm
1: very much so um it's obviously been a work in progress um mm-hmm. throughout my life i've been like in a language is something very you know near and dear to your heart mm-hmm. it is in mine as well just in a different way uh in, in the sense that when we had our conversation privately i had told you you know growing up i could have been fluent in spanish english and arabic and i ended up just kind of not prioritizing it and so english is all i've got <laughs> but when it comes to understanding the structure of language and understanding the linguistics of it let's say and the power of labeling and what happens when you label a person or an experience and what that does and that's been something near and dear to my heart let's say and awareness for years now and every year every day i try to be as aware as i can how am i creating my experience of other people how am i creating my experience of reality and i create it through language and language mm-hmm. is what I say and what I think. Mm-hmm. And you know, metaphorically, you might say, it's what I do, but it's like what I say and what I think at least, because mm-hmm. what I say is how I think. And mm-hmm. so to answer your question, if I catch myself judging somebody else
2: mm-hmm.
1: and notice that some people try not to judge and you can't do that because to be human is to judge.
2: Mm-hmm. It,
1: thoughts, you don't control thoughts, they just happen.
2: Yes.
1: So judgments are thoughts. But the thing is that you can catch it, though, and then you can question it. And so to answer your question, when I catch myself in judgment towards a person or a situation, I pause and I question the thought and I say, is that really true or am I? is that just am I being triggered? Is there something in their behavior, in their way of being that's bringing up an insecurity in me, that's bringing up something that I'm not OK with in myself? But but I'm projecting out and judging them, you know?
2: Uh And so
1: as much as I can, I aim to be very aware of how I label people and I do what I can to not label Uh and to be as um you know as close to accurate as possible with my Uh description. And what I mean Uh by that is because we don't experience like I said earlier, because we only experience the world the way that we are, we're never gonna be truly objective Uh because there's always some degree of filtration you know Mm -hmm. you hear me speaking right now but what you're hearing is coming through your five senses and then it's passing through well you're you're hearing just one of your senses but you know you're seeing me hearing me all this stuff yeah you're I'm coming through your five senses but then there's also thoughts and beliefs that it's being filtered through also so you're always going to have a subjective experience Mm -hmm. and then it's just you know question it to realize how like close to truth is this actually and so that's something that I strive for and when I fall short of it, yeah. I I typically out of habit now catch myself fairly soon, like shortly mm-hmm. after. <laughs> it could be seconds or it could be a few minutes, but I, I catch it and I go, oh, wow, I was just making something up in my head, like yeah. that's not true. And mm-hmm. then I unravel it and then I come back to peace with it or the person.
0: That's wonderful. And I can relate to it also because, like you said, we see language in a different way. Um, and when i heard that you had all those languages growing up i felt like what a pity why would he not right he has spanish there he has arabic there arabic is so difficult to learn and so to learn it as a kid just by babbling that's like heaven you know it and i would be like oh my god if i could have babbled my way into arabic i would be so happy (laughs) you know what i mean so so and now that that we are talking it's like yeah that's just my opinion right that i feel like this is such a great opportunity you know Or i tend to ask people well what are your plans for the future will you teach your kids the language you know because to me it is so important that people always ask me because i'm a language person it goes the other way around too right like so you are a triple language master what do your kids speak do they speak everything And they do, you know, because I um, but I focused on it. You know, I said, that's your daddy language. That's your mom language. And then they both chose French, which is my third language. And they picked it themselves. I was like super excited, right? It's like you bite your tongue because you're like, I don't want to influence my kids. And most people pick Spanish because of where we live, but they both chose French. And I think that's the subconscious, maybe still because they grew up around it.
2: Mm.
0: And so to me, it is always like an amazing thing. And when you see little kids, how they pick it up, it's just fantastic. And so I see what you are saying there. I have my own specific set of glasses, in essence, right?
1: yeah and i love that because i'm not wearing my glasses currently yeah. but you are. and before yeah. and so it's like for anyone who's listening whether you yes. wear glasses or not you can imagine yes you're wearing the glasses yes and it's almost as if so the light passes through the glass and yes. then goes into your eyes and then your brain yes. makes a picture and like that's yes. what you see yeah so everything's filtered through the glasses yes that same way metaphorically we all have glasses hmm and everything exactly. that you experience is filtered through the glasses, which are your mm-hmm. beliefs and everything I said before, mm-hmm. but then we, we're usually not conscious of that. So what ends up happening is we just assume that our way yeah. of seeing things is the right way. Exactly. And we make the assumption that everyone else who doesn't see it, our way is crazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that makes so much sense. It is totally true. It's like with my kids in school too. Like for example, when they do anything, they come with the homework and I'm like, oh my god this is so exciting i wish i could do it because i love to learn all the time and my kids are like well mom but you're a teacher you don't count you're not like every other human being so <laughs> you know you are interested in everything nobody is interested in everything you know
2: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah and they are chose again right because i think it's the most exciting thing and they are my own kids and they still don't necessarily feel it's as exciting as i feel about it which awesome
1: yeah and if i could share something for anyone listening because i know how important language and communication is for you and for me as well and for the people who tune into your podcast your community so first i want to acknowledge you that i think it's so wonderful that you know all your kids speak three different languages like that's amazing Mm -hmm. and that's really going to serve them in the world Mm -hmm. and for anyone like myself who either had the opportunity, but didn't take it, or you didn't feel like you had it, but now you only speak whatever you speak. A lot of times we fall into the belief that it's easier for kids and we can't do it as adults, or that it'll take so much longer as Mm -hmm. an adult. And the thing is that that's just a belief. One of the primary reasons why children can learn languages so much faster than adults is because children have not yet learned embarrassment shame and fear of judgment because none of those things are built into the system that's all learned mm-hmm. and so a child like you said just kind of babbles their way and then learns it just by emulating and by picking it up and then by trying getting it wrong and to keep doing it but they don't think anything less of themselves because of it i think it was ralph waldo emerson there's a long quote but the last line of it is to go from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm okay. same kind of idea but with adults we start to learn it and then we don't want to look bad and we don't want to make a mistake and so Mm -hmm. we we kind of handicap our learning because of this fear of judgment what if i speak it and i don't sound proper people are going to make fun of me and like whatever the story we tell ourselves and so we slow down our learning process immensely and usually give up along the way but that's so i want to share that first because the thing that usually holds us back is that belief Mm -hmm. but then second of all You can learn a language as an adult right now if you choose to. Like for me, I haven't prioritized learning Spanish and Arabic. I prioritize everything else that I'm doing. That's why that gets done. But when somebody gets clear, you know what? It's time. Like I want to learn this. You'd be amazed what would happen in the next three to 12 months if you really committed yourself. And it's, it's, it's truly spectacular what you're capable of when you fully dive into a commitment. And so I just wanted to share that with everyone who's listening
0: that's beautiful and it makes so much sense and that's what i experience too sometimes i have parents that have little children that learn the language and then the parents join because then they come up with the idea which makes so much sense well if my daughter who is a baby learns german and i don't learn german then she has nobody to speak to so i have many parents that then join the program like they take their classes their adult classes and then they practice with their kids you know yeah,
2: like uh, as an example,
1: if it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like for everyone listening, as a thought exercise, mm-hmm. if I were to challenge you and say, you tell me I want to learn, let's say German, as an example. Mm-hmm. I want to learn German. And I say, uh-huh. okay, how serious are you about learning German? And you tell me, oh, like real serious. And I say, well, what, what do you mean by that? How serious? And you say, it's the most important thing to me. I'm like, great. So this is what I want you to do. And and, and let's imagine, you know, you can make this work. Mm -hmm. I want you to either move to Germany Mm -hmm. for the next year, or I want you to only surround yourself with people who speak German. I want you to only watch your shows in German with English subtitles. I want you to only listen to German things. I want you every day for like, you know, three hours, let's say practice Rosetta Stone German or whatever German software you're using, right? (laughs) And then every day you got flashcards and you're speaking and you're going around and you're talking to your friends and you're saying, please don't talk to me in English. If you did that, like Mm -hmm. going as far as moving as well, right? But if you did that, when you were fully immersed Mm -hmm. in that environment, you really think in a year when you're in the situation of like, if I can't ask where's the bathroom, I can't go to the bathroom. If I, if I can't ask like how much is the food in German, I won't be able to eat. You don't think if you put yourself in that situation, you wouldn't learn German. (laughs) And it's like you would. And it's like a year from now, you'd probably be fluent and it'd be really powerful. Meanwhile, someone like myself, who Mm -hmm. when it comes to languages, Mm -hmm. I haven't made that commitment. Yes. I took I'm half Spanish and I took Spanish in school for like 12 years and I'm not fluent because (laughs) I don't use it. I'm not committed to it yes you could be yes <laughs> exactly actually committed to whatever it is yes. that you say you want to do and that that's not only language that applies mm-hmm. to, you want to improve your finances yes. you want to learn about investing yes. you want to grow your business you want to do whatever it is you want to be a better dad a mom a husband a wife it's the same thing yes Create that commitment and dive all into it with everything you got yes. and every day you recommit to it like you said earlier with the parent and the child the parents like well, if i don't learn it I, my, my kid has no one to speak to and i won't be mm-hmm. able to communicate with them mm-hmm. so it's important yes. And that's why every day you recommit why is this important to me why does it matter
2: yeah yes. and then
1: that clarity creates that motivation
2: mm-hmm. and then it
1: helps you through the tough times and you know why you're doing it and mm-hmm. again three months six months 12 months from now and, and beyond it's amazing how different your life can look
0: yes absolutely like with those parents, they they literally chose like the mom chose German because of her heritage, and the father came from Louisiana, still comes from Louisiana, and so he was surrounded by a lot of French. So he had it from high school, like you, still dormant and so each parent picked one language, <laughs> and I, I taught the daughter, and so she spoke French with dad and German with mom. And wow. she started so young, she didn't even speak English when she started with me. That's how committed this family was. Like the mom reached out to me and she said, my kid doesn't even speak English. Can she already learn German? And I said, of course she can. <laughs> so she literally <laughs> learned it parallel. Can you imagine? Like she, for- the moment she formed her first English word, she also started German words That's
2: at amazing. the same
0: time. And I never spoke anything but German to her. Like the door would open, I come to her house to their house and it was all German so so she just like you said like a kid I guess this strange woman just always speaks this language it's just like the connection right (laughs) yeah Yeah. and and that's again the adult side right the strange woman for a kid it's not strange right if the nanny speaks Spanish it's not strange
2: Mm.
0: because yeah yeah, I, I love the way you said that it's really it's so true if you're committed to it you can do anything that's yeah. why we can excel that's why we do everything else have many coaches and trainings yes because we are committed and we go there
1: yeah and when you think about any area of your life that you've mm-hmm. ever created a result that you found to be difficult to create mm-hmm. you were proud of it like it was it, the result was really beautiful whatever that was you only got to that point because you were committed yes otherwise you would have given up along the way and yeah usually when you get to the metaphorical top of the mountain of whatever Mm -hmm. you're doing, when you look from the top, you go, wow, you know, that was at times really difficult. There were so Mm -hmm. many moments, maybe I felt like turning around and giving Mm -hmm. up and like using the the hiking metaphor, it's like my feet hurt and all this stuff and my hiking pole broke halfway up, you know, (laughs) all this stuff happened. But now I'm on the top and I'm looking at the view and wow, was it worth it. Like, wow, I'm so proud of myself that I stuck through it. That's why, like, using hiking or sports, and it's so easy to make metaphors for life. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, there's challenges, there's struggles, but when Mm -hmm. you finally get to the other side of it, you look back and it's like, I'm so happy I did that.
0: Yes.
1: And the same Mm -hmm. kind of thing with languages, for sure.
0: Yeah. And what makes you feel inspired or like your best self?
1: Mm. What makes me feel inspired is seeing, I'm going to. I'm going to take that word back. Not seeing, yeah, but experiencing. What Mm -hmm. makes me really inspired is experiencing a few different things. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Inspired comes from in spirit. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: so when you're inspired, you're in spirit, right? Similar to the word enthusiasm I mentioned earlier, which is Mm -hmm. entheos or ante theos, which is the God within. Mm
2: -hmm. So when
1: you're inspired, you're in that space, right? And so Mm
2: -hmm.
1: when I see somebody truly excited and lit up about their life and and you could tell they're so on purpose to what the, it is they want to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That is really inspiring to me. When I see somebody act in alignment with what I would call their true self
2: mm-hmm.
1: and do a lot of good because of it, that's really beautiful to see. And um when I see somebody further ahead in the journey than i am and i look at what they're doing and this was growth for me because in the past i would be jealous in the Mm -hmm. in the past there would be i don't get it like why is that not happening for me why is it happening for them and i realized that was a really crappy way of just like seeing life i didn't like that it didn't feel good it didn't serve me and Mm -hmm. it made me like stay where i was at Mm -hmm. and once i shifted out of that it turned into more of a other people's creations, their results, mm-hmm. is just a reflection of what's possible for me to do as well, if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Now, they created that result, because they were committed to it. Mm-hmm. They created that result, because they did what it took, just like bringing it like kind of full circle to what we were just saying. You speaking German is not a it's nothing, It's it's not any like put down on me. But if mm-hmm. I want to speak German, you can serve as a in- source of inspiration for me where I say, mm-hmm. wow, you know, she could do it. I could learn it, mm-hmm. you know, in that same kind of way. Just so yes. seeing people further along the journey than me doing what I'd like to be doing and like, or or doing what I'm doing, but to a bigger degree. Yeah. And I go, wow, that is so wonderful. And I can only imagine the work that went into that mm-hmm. and the effort and the consistency and all that. And that's really inspiring to me. And if it's something that I wanna be doing too, it calls forth like a, a, a greater aspect of me, let's say, to come out and yeah. play in the world. And so I think it's that just seeing others truly shining
2: mm-hmm. and,
1: then, you know, seeing what's possible for me along the way.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And also, you know, being inspired, if we say being in spirit, that's a way of being. And so when I'm in that way of being, then I am like, by definition, you know, inspired.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. Yes, I love that. Like, I am really inspired by the way you um, explained the cultures that you lived with the dancing on your mom's side, you know, this is also something that just comes with your heritage. And it's so beautiful. Uh, When we initially spoke about food, you know, to share your culture through food is like one of the most exciting things to me also, you know, like, what do you cook? What's your specialty? What do you bring to the table? That's why I'm so excited to always meet new people. Because they come with so much richness, you know. Yeah. Like you already said, we are all unique, and then we have our cultural influences that make us also who we are, and that is always such an enrichment. I'm always excited, like, "Oh, where are you from? What do you do?" You know.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: I, I love that. It's like, funny, "What do you bring to the table?" It's so fun. <laughs> the play on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's like, literally, you know, food <laughs> to the table. But also, it's like, <laughs> life-wise. you know, what do you choose to bring to the table? That's great. Yeah. To this interaction, to this experience,
2: what do you choose? Exactly.
0: The bring? Yeah, exactly. It reminds me of um, Samuel Beckett, Waiting for Godot. You know how the guy says, you know, this doesn't work if you never throw the ball back, right? You have to interact. Whatever we do, we have to interact. I love that. It was so unique. Yeah, I read it in Paris in French because um beckett made the translation himself which i thought was utterly unique also so mm-hmm. instead of asking somebody to do it he said he wanted to, to do it to have it exactly the way he wants to say it because everybody who translates for you has their own glasses too, their own angle yes. you know how they say it so he said i'm going to do it myself
2: mm, so absolutely. those
0: were still his words
1: yeah it's funny it's inspiring to me because last time i read waiting for godot i was yeah. in high school i think and so uh-huh. i i haven't read it since and ah. i i remember aspects of it but yeah i, I might, might want to re uh revisit it
0: yeah. yeah because like sometimes they are like those little lines in the book that just stay with you you know to me it made so much sense so i tell my kids often too you know if you go somewhere well you have to exchange right give and take give and take one way or another you know To help each other because that's what we all want to do, benefit each other.
1: Yeah. And using using it as a life metaphor,
0: yeah,
1: you know, life is give and take as well. Yes. And what I mean by that, you know, on the one, and this is where like kind of the language side of it comes in. On the one hand, Mm -hmm. you are life. Yes. You're not separate from it. And so a lot of people think that there's like nature and then there's me. Mm -hmm. You're not just in nature, you're an expression of nature right so it's all yeah. one but at yeah. the, but from the separation perspective mm-hmm. there's me and then there's like life in, internal and external and from that vantage point whatever i want mm-hmm. i have to give first which is in the doing is in the action uh-huh. in order to have the, the effect it's cause and effect right and so people think you know what am i doing right now what am mm-hmm. i giving
2: mm-hmm.
1: in order to receive you know if yeah. you if i throw the ball up Mm-hmm. I'm not responsible for causing it to come back down. It'll do that on the own. Yes. If I don't throw it up, nothing's going to happen. <laughs> and So whatever it is that I want in life, using yes. the language as an example, if I want to yes. go become fluent in German or Arabic, yes. Well, what action am I taking to begin that process? Yes. But if I just keep talking about it, nothing happens.
0: Yes. I, I had the same experience because I had people from um, Saudi Arabia and I taught them English. And I saw them working hard, learning my language, but I was like, no, I know so many languages and this is so difficult, I just can't do it, you know, so because um, it is so much more difficult, but like when the ladies would meet together, everybody would speak Arabic and so my students would have to translate for me, you know, so if I would have learned parallel to them learning English from me my Arabic would have been better, too. I have picked up things, but not half enough of what I wanted to learn, you know, because they are right there. (laughs)
2: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, because you can always find excuses also. Right. Oh, I already know enough languages or this language is just too hard for me. But you miss out because the culture is so intense. And I love the culture. I love to experience the ladies. And I was always I wish I could understand more because it's just better than the translation right to really have the original and and learn
1: yeah and to your point we can always find an excuse Mm -hmm. no matter what you know there's people listening who will say Mm -hmm. who are who are saying in different aspects of their life Mm -hmm. i don't have time Mm -hmm. i'm too busy i don't have the money i don't have uh the ability i'm not capable Mm -hmm. i'm not smart enough Mm-hmm. oh like i already speak enough languages or i only speak one i can barely speak that one so why am i going to try to do more like yes. whatever the reason they exactly. i i have kids i've got bills. <laughs> i've got this there's always something you're never going to have a point in your life where nothing's going on
2: mm-hmm.
1: so the question is what's important to you yes. and whatever is important to you you prioritize and as a result of that prior prioritization mm-hmm. you create forward momentum you create results yes but you you, you can create the result or you can create the story or the reason why you didn't create the result yeah. and they're both your choice and the yeah. moment you can't do everything yeah at the time mm-hmm. but you can do th- everything that you want one at a time
2: and mm-hmm.
0: you
1: can prioritize them and get in as many as you can
0: <laughs> yes i that's why i love the idea of the bucket list you know that people say i have this bucket list and yeah. once you i think once you put anything in writing you already show more commitment, don't you think? I, yeah, I, I, I want to definitely yeah. give you direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it helps a bit also, you know, to say, okay, I'm doing this, you know, like I decided um, the last two years were so dormant. 2022, I will do more. Like 2021, I still felt a bit like, ah, but it's all still not perfect. Things are still not like before. But I made the conscious decision 2022, I will change it, you know. I do more, I go out, I'm not staying dormant anymore, you know, like not active enough.
1: Oh yeah, I definitely felt that as well. You know, the last two years on the I, I you know, I'm not sure if you do this, but you know, I, I work from home
2: predominantly. Mm-hmm.
1: And when I was in Arizona where I went to medical school, most mm-hmm. of my work was out and about and mm-hmm. I was meeting a lot of people and I worked from home sometimes, but there was mm-hmm. so much contrast and there were so many people I was coming into contact with and it was wonderful.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then I, I, I moved back to New York and the pandemic begins like pretty much within like three months of me moving back
2: wow.
1: and three to five months. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's all virtual and like I'm like separated mm-hmm. <laughs> in yes. a way. Yes. And it definitely uh, hit me. And like just noticing though now, well now th- thankfully, Mm -hmm. Most places are open back up, and you can go about your business as normal for the most part. But something I wanted to you know share too earlier about writing, Mm -hmm. as an example, you know one of the things that I do in addition to the coaching and the medical Mm -hmm. side, you know I'm also like a Reiki practitioner. And Reiki Mm -hmm. for people who don't know, think of it like energy healing. Mm -hmm. And when I got trained in it, there's there's various symbols that are used Mm -hmm. in Reiki that you want to memorize. And so after I got back from my training. I grabbed the legal pad and essentially I looked at the book and I drew each symbol. Mm-hmm. And then once I had it in the pad, I drew it like 10 times mm-hmm. that night. Mm-hmm. And then Every day before I went to bed, I drew it 10 times. Mm-hmm. I filled up an entire legal pad front and back doing that. Mm-hmm. And then within a, a week or two, three weeks, I had the entire, um, I had all the symbols in my head cold, didn't have to think mm-hmm. about them,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but it's cause I wrote it down. Yeah. You know, when you write out your goal, when you write out whatever it is that mm-hmm. you're practicing, your languages, whatever, yes.
2: mm-hmm.
1: obviously you still need to take action on it. Mm-hmm. But the writing of it at least keeps it top of mind.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, there's an expression, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Yes. You know, if you take great notes, I often tell people when I give a talk at the end, I'll say, some of you, like, raise your hand if you took notes. And people mm-hmm. raise their hand and the they're like, I got eight pages. I got 12 pages. And <laughs> it's like, great. Now. This is the key. Mm-hmm. Don't just put that in a pile somewhere and forget about it. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to happen for most of you mm-hmm. with no ill intent. You, yeah. you fully uh, want to use it. Yeah. But then you don't keep it top of mind and you say, I'll look at that tomorrow, mm-hmm. but then you put something else on top of it and you don't know that you, you forget it's there. And then six months go by and your life isn't any different. -hmm. And then, uh, so I often tell people, you know, you don't get any extra credit for being, uh, for having the sexiest notebook in town. Yeah, (laughs) you might have great notes, but if they're just in a pile somewhere, it's useless. Exactly. Yeah. But if you look at it every day, if you read Mm -hmm. it every day, if you Mm -hmm. write it every day, and then you act on what you read and you write, yeah, it's incredible how different your life becomes quickly.
0: Yes that is so very true that is amazing like um while i was teaching in the classroom still um, i would always use um, like my handwriting is very unique right so my father would always say you need to become a doctor because nobody needs to read the signature right <laughs> because nobody can read your writing right and when i was a kid i was like super Concerned about it. Like I would redo my first pages in elementary school five times until my mom would say, Okay, this is good enough. You can stop. And then it reversed growing older, you know, it was the other way around. And so my students would often comment on, Well, I can't read this. And then I would say, Well, I do this on purpose to make sure that you listened. Because if you have, you shouldn't have to (laughs) decipher my writing. And that quieted them, you know? You just need mm. to know how to use your strengths and weaknesses, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's really funny. And it's, it's something because, but my mind goes the same way. Like, I love mind maps, and then I put more and more and more. It always starts like a good picture on the board, and then it becomes wild because I have so much to add on. At yeah. <laughs> the something- end, it's
1: a miracle. Yeah, and something for the listeners to notice, and this goes back to language as well,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. be aware of how we define things, right? Mm -hmm. So when it comes to strengths and weaknesses, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: what makes something a strength? And somebody Mm -hmm. goes, well, like, I'm good at it. Mm how do you get good at it? And it's like, I practiced it a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like, and and what makes something a weakness? It's like, oh, well, I'm not good at it, but why? Because I don't really spend any time on it. It's like. Mm that's really the difference, you know, Mm -hmm. there's that old expression, practice makes perfect. And it turns into like a cliche. Mm -hmm. And It's really perfect practice makes perfect, but at least practice equals progression. You know, it's like,
2: if you practice, you will get better. Yeah.
1: uh, You know, there's something to be said about focusing on your strengths, because Mm -hmm. given the nature of the world right now, and how connected Mm -hmm. everything is,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. it's all about perspectives, right? From one perspective, you can see the world is very competitive. Yes. So from a very competitive perspective, it doesn't really make sense to focus on your weaknesses and try to make those better, mm-hmm. focus on your strengths and get as good as you can, because then you get further along and you kind of get ahead of other people in quotes, mm-hmm. right? but from a different perspective, strengths and weaknesses are just reflections of where you put your time and attention and energy over, mm-hmm. over the years. And if you want to change it, you can, mm-hmm. it'll take time, but you can. And it's like how how much time well no one knows but it depends on how much of you you put into this change <laughs> and yes. the more you do the faster you're going to get it it's like you can learn how to swim by just jumping into the pool or yes. you can learn how to swim by trying to read books on it for a while before you get into the water you'll learn faster by jumping in
0: <laughs> Yes, that is so true and then of course i'm also interested um to learn more about your business you know because you already said you are a doctor but then you also use alternative things and so how do you combine them in reality in your life with your patients
1: oh so if i if i wasn't clear about it earlier Mm -hmm. so my primary profession is my coaching coaching people with their businesses their life their relationships how they show Mm -hmm. up in the world Mm -hmm. i am also a physician but Mm -hmm. i've chosen to do my coaching full-time so, I only practiced for about a year. And then I, mm-hmm. after getting my license, and then I paused and I realized when I was in medical school mm-hmm. that coaching, which I had been doing for years mm-hmm. prior, is what my real passion is and is what lights mm-hmm. me up. Okay. And I love helping people with their health. Mm-hmm. But as somebody's primary care doctor, which is the mm-hmm. role I was training for, yes. I realized, you know, let's say 80% into the training
2: yes. that
1: it wasn't how I wanted to be spending my time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: and
1: so I incorporate the health component into my mm-hmm. coaching when it's appropriate but okay. I'm not working with patients I have my clients, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. who I work
0: with ah, okay and so if your clients ask you would give medical advice but you wouldn't reach out and give it automatically or so I, I wouldn't
1: call it medical advice mm-hmm. but I would say that for me
0: mm-hmm.
1: I have 12 pillars of health and mm-hmm. these are Twelve areas that I focus on. That mm-hmm. in my mind, they're pretty much all lifestyle changes. And yes. in my mind, if you if you optimize these twelve areas,
2: mm-hmm.
1: probably sixty to eighty percent of what you've got going on symptomatically mm-hmm. will either dramatically improve or go away.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so for me, I am not working with my clients on their health predominantly. Mm-hmm.
2: -hmm. So, I don't
1: know, you know, unless they share it with me, I don't know Mm -hmm. their medical history. I don't know what drugs they're on. I don't know any Mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. So, I'm not going to give them medical advice that might Mm -hmm. cause, like, you know, contraindications, let's say, or something like that. Mm
2: -hmm. But
1: with these 12 pillars, I have some Mm -hmm. questions that I'll ask to get a background to make sure it's safe. And then at Mm -hmm. that point, it's like, okay, these are 12 things that you could just do in your day to day life that would likely really help you in conjunction. Mm-hmm. with whatever healthcare provider you're currently working with making sure yeah. they're on board with it but that's kind of the the highest level let's say of health that i'm contributing at this point
0: point. and those 12 pillars we can only find out about through taking your program
1: well I, i'd be happy to to <laughs> say what they are each one can have a whole book behind it
0: <laughs> amazing
1: but, but <laughs> let's see if we can even get all 12 so we've got nutrition height so it's all about optimizing each of these areas mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is different for everybody
2: mm-hmm.
1: nutrition hydration sleep breathing movement elimination play relationship energy psychology spirituality and purpose
0: beautiful and, and so, so yeah. yeah
1: optimizing those 12 areas oh. some of which happen in my regular coaching like mm-hmm. the psychology the spiritual side the purpose side all that happens but as it relates to the and the relationship side as well but as it relates to the more physical health component yes. Yes. those are things that only if the person needs it for example yes. i've had people come to me they want to grow their business they want to make mm-hmm. more money mm-hmm. and we're working on that mm-hmm. and then i find out you know their energy is low and they have brain uh-huh. fog, and okay. they're not sleeping well Mm-hmm. And then I ask some questions and I find mm-hmm. out what they're eating isn't serving them, that they're dehydrated, that mm-hmm. their environment is not conducive to the sleep mm-hmm. quality that they want, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So we clear that up mm-hmm. and now their energy's back, their brain fog's gone, and they can make better business decisions.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So if someone's hiring me for their business, I'm not yeah. going to spend time talking about health, because that's not what they hired me for, yeah. unless it seems like this is directly relevant to, to, to your performance right now. Some people have that already figured out and they come to me and they go, mm-hmm. oh yeah, like I prioritize prioritized the health mm-hmm. stuff. And I've got that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. And they got the results that they wanted. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times people sacrifice yes. un- un- unknowingly, let's say the health component
2: mm-hmm. to try
1: to focus on growing their finances and their business.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And then, you know, there's an old expression, I'll paraphrase it, but it's something mm-hmm. like, Young people sacrifice their health to make money, and older people will sacrifice any amount of money to get their health back.
0: That and makes it, so much sense.
1: And to me, it's like, all right, but when you're aware of that, mm-hmm. you don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't need to sacrifice your health to make money. You yes. Just like you're you, the person you mentioned, the kid can learn yes. German, yeah. English at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> you can prioritize your health yeah. and your at the same time. There will yes. be other sacrifices along the way. Mm-hmm. You can't do everything at once. Mm -hmm. But again, the things that are really important to you, you could absolutely do that. Mm -hmm.
0: Yes, I can relate to it. That's super interesting. Like I feel too, since I went to college for 10 years that I'm still less um, exhausted. And that's why people often also say, you have so much energy because I haven't been working so long, you know? Because many people, they, they started after three years in their profession. So you can see they already spent Seven more years working than myself when I came out of college. So that also is a big difference, right? Mm-hmm. Where you where you feel like, ah, no, I still have a lot to go. You know, I have a lot of energy because I've taken my time, you know, I've traveled. Yeah. Um, I love those. I think sleep is the, is one of the things that most people neglect because you're always so busy. And because I'm doing that right now, I have a course. And we have we have to show accountability. So every morning we have to set our daily goal and we have to write down how long we slept. And sometimes it really looks bad, you know? I'm like, oh my God, this wasn't really good, you know? But when you're asked directly, you know, <laughs> and your coach says, well, I suggest you will be honest because I don't know how long you slept, but be honest to yourself at least, you know? Yeah. yeah. And
1: you know, whatever you track, mhm and yeah. so when you start tracking your sleep and yes. you see really how many hours you're getting when you're waking yeah. up and you're going to sleep all that yes you can start to make some changes cuz you're really being honest
2: with yourself
0: yes it really helps you know and again we're ending up writing down things right we, we have Absolutely. to journal it
2: <laughs> hey, yeah 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 <laughs> you
0: get there yeah this is amazing so if people want to go to your program how do they reach you
1: yeah, so a bunch of ways we can connect. Uh, mm-hmm. So first of all, if anyone's listening, and they're thinking, you know, I'd love to hear more, I'd love to, uh, you mm-hmm. know, other content, stuff like that. You know, other podcasts I've been on, whether it be, you know, I make videos on social media all the time, and different mm-hmm. kind of quotes and blogs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so you can find me on Facebook, just my mm-hmm. name, Jamil Saej. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can also find me on Instagram, if you're on Instagram, which is mm-hmm. at Dr. Jamil Saej, just dr, and then my name. Okay. And okay. that's where Most of my content is those two platforms. Mm -hmm. And then my website is just my name, gmail.sayej.com. And if anyone's Mm -hmm. interested in having a conversation, if there is an area of life right now that you want to grow, you want to kind of level up, you want to create some new results in or if there is a challenge, a problem that you're dealing with Mm -hmm. right now and you'd love some support with it, I'd Mm -hmm. love to have a conversation and see if I can help.
0: That sounds wonderful. I will also put it up with my um, podcast so that people can reach you under those things. And then again, Syed um, is a unique name too. So maybe you want to spell it too, for everybody to find it better.
1: Yep. So I'll spell the full name. So my first name is Jamil, J-A-M, like Michael, Mm -hmm. I-L. And then Syed is S as in Sam, A-Y-E-G-H.
0: Perfect. Thank you, Dr. Jamil Syed, because I was um, cautious too, because I didn't want to mess up the pronunciation because that is always bad. I practiced before and then I was like, but now I can proudly say science. Thank
2: you so much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Wonderful. This sounds really, really great. And I mean, there must be a lot of need for your help also because um, everything changed so much. We are in this virtual world. Many businesses had to very much restructure and mm-hmm. so. This sounds very, very exciting as a great opportunity, yes.
1: Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. at, at the end of the day, I found that, like you mentioned, there's been a lot of changes for sure.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And at the same time, it's fine. there's a lot of changes. And at the same time, things are more similar than they've ever been in the sense that the primary reasons people reach out to me, mm-hmm. they have their, let's say, um, how do I want to call it? They're presenting reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the deeper reason. Mm-hmm. And we're usually not as aware of the deeper reason.
2: Mm-hmm. So the
1: presenting reason is, you know, I want to grow the business, I want to make more money, I want mm-hmm. my relationship to improve. I'm... Mm-hmm. But deeper, it's, I'm not happy, I'm not fulfilled, and I'm not at peace. And that's mm-hmm. why I started the episode with you today, or the conversation rather, by mm-hmm. sharing that those are the primary three areas that I work on. Yeah. And they take different, you know, they take different um, approaches. And so somebody who wants, you know, more money,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: why do you want more money? And it's like, what do you think that would do for you? And when we Mm -hmm. keep diving into it, eventually it's like, yeah, I, I feel like that's what it takes for me to be happy. It feels like that's what it takes for me to have peace of mind. It feels like that's Mm -hmm. what I take to be fulfilled. And then my goal is how can I help them have the peace, happiness, and fulfillment now Mm -hmm. while we build towards whatever they want versus Mm -hmm. having to build towards it so that you can potentially maybe get it later which never (laughs)
0: works. never works yes that 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 is very much encouraging also because sometimes it reminds me of your mountain that i also love in your background still you know that you feel like oh my god there are those three intense topics the underlying topics and it's a huge mountain to to climb but if you say you can start in the beginning then that makes it so much easier to approach you know because sometimes you have commitment like we spoke about earlier on but if it seems like the mountain is so high it takes it is it can be overwhelming simply you know so i love that you say you you pick the people up right there where they are you know Absolutely. and start with them
1: yeah it's real easy to get discouraged mm-hmm. because like you said if, if the mountain is so seemingly enormous and on yeah. you know climbable <laughs> yes. and you're going to try to mount it then yeah. it's gonna take some time. Yeah. Sorry, someone's driving by. <laughs> but uh it uh yeah, when the mountain seems so high, you can get discouraged. And cur mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. Latin for mm-hmm. heart. Cur is mm-hmm. the root of courage. Mm-hmm. And it's like so when you're discouraged, you're disheartened. Mm-hmm. And when you're disheartened, it's Heartless. like what's the point? You know, yeah, exactly. But, but if you can reconnect to that happiness, that peace, that fulfillment first.
0: Mm-hmm
1: which is always in you, mm-hmm. not outside of you. And when we can connect to that place in route to where you want to go,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it just makes the journey so much more enjoyable.
2: Mm-hmm. And it also
1: increases the likelihood you'll get there. Yes. Because if you're coming from that place mm-hmm. of, you know, the, the metaphor I like to use is like with my hands, if A is where you start, like the alphabet, mm-hmm. and B mm-hmm. is where you want to get to, mm-hmm. if the whole time you're thinking, when I get to Z, I'll be happy, Mm-hmm. The whole time from A to B to C and beyond, you're thinking, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. And mm-hmm. that doesn't feel good. Like you no, said,
0: exactly. it's
1: really easy when times get difficult. You know, mm-hmm. you have a really big challenge when you're at K. And then mm-hmm. when you get to E, you know, you fall down. And then mm-hmm. you know, you're at Q and you're like, can I really do this? Mm-hmm. It's so easy to give up. Yes. When you're not seeing the progress and the results, you're not really reflecting on it. Because when you're at, let's say, D, Mm -hmm. and you might say i'm not there yet Mm -hmm. you're overlooking and undervaluing the progress that you made from a to c so
0: yeah if Mm -hmm. if i want
1: to learn a new language yes and my goal is to be fluent yes i've been practicing for three months yes well let's say i'm not fluent yet
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but do i know way more than i did three months ago and assuming i've been practicing and using it like yeah There's phrases I can I know, there's things I can say, I can count maybe, I know the alphabet, I can write some stuff. Yes. That's beautiful and there's massive Mm -hmm. progress there.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And you can celebrate that along the way, it changes everything.
0: Yeah, so in essence, we need to enjoy the journey also, right? Like it doesn't feel like, it's a bit like this half glass, the glass half full or empty, correct? Like if I'm the positive person and I'm like, well, I've learned this, I've learned this. So how do you keep your clients encouraged?
1: Mm. So when you think about the journey, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: in a way, it depends on how you wanna like language it. There's either one journey or Mm -hmm. there's multiple mini journeys Uh on the main journey. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: If you just look at life as a journey, Mm -hmm. then your whole life you're on the journey. So you never Mm -hmm. reach the destination. But You have kind of like milestones along the way. And those milestones are like, like, kind of like like when you're running a marathon or something and it says Mm -hmm. like mile six, mile Mm -hmm. eight, milestone the marker Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's like you hitting your goal whatever that is yes but then once you hit your goal what happens Mm -hmm. the journey goes on yes you set another goal (laughs) and now you do something else Mm -hmm. and so that is like as it relates to the journey you said how do i keep my clients encouraged that we said
0: exactly with the heart that we have encouraged right yeah
1: yeah. and so there's there's going to be a different way of doing it with everybody Mm -hmm. but i think in general Mm -hmm. big picture yes Really keeping people connected to why they're doing what they're doing in the first place and Mm -hmm. why it matters and who's counting on them. And Mm -hmm. how their life and the life of the people that they care most about would be better Mm -hmm. as a result of them succeeding as a result of them, you know, pushing forward anyway. Mm -hmm. And that has gotten so many people that I've worked with through challenges. -hmm. And they were going to give up, and then they stuck Mm -hmm. with it because they got emotionally involved with Mm -hmm. the outcome as it -hmm. relates to the people they care about. Yes, I find that most of us will do far more for the people that we care about than we would just do for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so, excuse me, there's an Abraham Mm -hmm. Lincoln quote where Mm -hmm. I think he ran for office like 15 times or something and lost, Mm -hmm. and then he won, Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: someone said to him like. How did you persevere? You know, how did you Mm -hmm. keep going after losing so many times? Mm -hmm. And he said, "I had a friend who believed in me, and I didn't have the courage to let him down."
2: Beautiful. Yeah.
1: Same kind of idea. Maybe you've Mm -hmm. got kids. Maybe you've got Mm -hmm. um, like a like a cause, like a charitable Mm -hmm. organization Mm -hmm. that you want to support. And when you can link your efforts to those people's benefit,
2: Mm -hmm. then every
1: time you think about quitting. Mm You're going to have to recognize and deal with, well, they're going to lose out. They're going to lose out. Like, I'm hurting them by giving up. Mm-hmm. It's not just me. Yes. That by itself for most people is strong enough mm-hmm. to keep them encouraged. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. Call that.
0: yes. Yes. So that's
2: one way. There's a lot yeah. of ways. That's one.
0: Yeah. Ah, that's a beautiful way. So, do you have a, a calling that keeps you going the bigger picture, like the goal that um, your clients have? What is yours?
1: Yes. And so it relates back to my story of why I do what I do, mm-hmm. and to give a short version of it. When I was 19 years old, my dad had a brain aneurysm, uh-huh. and that if anyone's listening is not sure what that is, mm-hmm. imagine a blood vessel in the brain, think of it like a tube, starts to mm-hmm. balloon out.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: if you're fortunate, you have a really bad headache, and mm-hmm. then you go to the hospital, they get it taken care of, and hopefully mm-hmm. you're okay. Mm-hmm. My dad wasn't as fortunate, his brain aneurysm ruptured and he was in a mm-hmm. four hour brain surgery. And we were told it was the worst aneurysm the neurosurgeon ever saw. And the chance of survival were less than 5%. Mm-hmm. And if he survived, he'd probably be in a coma and never wake up. Mm-hmm. And he survived and he was in a coma. And I walked into the room after his operation and I had never seen somebody, you know, that vulnerable.
2: Mm-hmm. And my
1: dad was, he was only 49 at the time
2: mm-hmm. and I was
1: 19. And in that moment, I felt this profound sense of regret. And the regret came from the knowing that I had taken my relationship with him for granted, that I loved him you know, so much, and I was mm-hmm. fortunate. I loved him, he loved me, and that was great. Yes. But we never really spent a lot of time together. We didn't really wow. know each other in that way. Mm-hmm. And I had this perspective at the time that I have time. I'm, he's 49, I got 40, mm-hmm. 54 years.
2: Yeah, it's uh, very like, young. Mm-hmm. Not
1: like today is the day, you know? Mm-hmm. And because of that, I felt like I, I messed up. I blew it because mm-hmm. I'm here looking at my dad thinking he's going to die at any moment, mm-hmm. given what the doctor just told me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I thought I blew it. I messed up. Like I'm mm-hmm. not going to have another chance.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was really fortunate that over the next three years, uh, he survived. And then he passed away after three years, but I had three years with him. I took several years off after college to take care of him mm-hmm. and be one of his primary caregivers. And I just learned so much about myself and about life and the value Mm -hmm. of this moment the value of right now you're alive you're listening to this
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and every single day 150,000 people don't wake up and anyone who's listening you weren't one of them and if you've got people in your life that you really care about they woke up too
2: like Mm -hmm. wow
1: like what a blessing that might not be the case tomorrow Mm -hmm. and yet most of us live our life like i was Mm -hmm. unconscious of that and making the assumption that the people that we care about are always going to be here that the opportunities that are presented to us are just always gonna be there. Mm-hmm. In reality, they pass you by. There's always new opportunities, but that one in particular is gonna have a, a, a window of time. Yes. And so in those three years, I just matured and changed so much. And I really started to value mm-hmm. life. And after my dad passed away, I remember being at his wake yes. and 7,000 people came and I shook every single person's hand mm-hmm. and almost everyone said, your dad saved my life. And it was a combination of feeling humbled by the impact that he had, but also an awareness that I'd been playing small and that I cared way too much about what other people thought about me. I was afraid of rejection. And because of that, I was dimming my light. I was robbing the world of the gifts that I had to bring. Mm -hmm. And there was this moment of just, you know, I'm done with that. I'm not going to do that anymore. Yes. And in the last 10 years or so since my dad's passing, Mm there's been so many people that I've met along the way, whether they be family, friends, strangers that I met, Mm -hmm. that were at every point in the life journey physically. Mm -hmm. People who were 80 or 90 or close to 100, let's say, Mm -hmm. who, when you ask them, tell me about your life and all Mm -hmm. this kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of regret of, I wish I did things differently. Mm -hmm. And then there's people who are, let's say, in the younger side of the spectrum, teenagers, Mm 20s, 30s, and their perspective is well. I don't really know what I want to do, so I'm just going to do this thing that my mm-hmm. parents or that society or my my community thinks I mm-hmm. should do, even though it's not necessarily resonating with my heart. Yeah. And then maybe maybe it pays well or maybe it doesn't. But either way, mm-hmm. there's like this expectation that mm-hmm. we live into, so we stay doing something that's not really for us. Yes. Because we don't want to disappoint other people. Mm-hmm. And then there's that middle ground of people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. And that group, it's like, well, I've been doing whatever I've been doing for
2: mm-hmm.
1: whatever period of time. And mm-hmm. I'm too deep into it now, so I can't stop. Mm-hmm. And that's also a story. And that's mm-hmm. a belief that's not true, mm-hmm. but they make it true. Yes. And they'll say, oh, you know, it's too late for me. I've, uh, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, like whatever crap they believe. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: <laughs> like I say that because they're holding themselves back unnecessarily. Yes. And um, And it was just this moment of, you know, I wanna help people create an extraordinary life without regret. Yes. I mentioned that in the beginning and mm-hmm. that's why. The without the extraordinary life is a life on your terms.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The life that by your own definition is extraordinary. That if you went to sleep tonight and as your head hit the pillow, if you found out you weren't gonna wake up tomorrow morning, could you in reflection go, wow, you know what a life.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: could you fall asleep in peace? Mm-hmm. Or would you be panicking thinking, oh my God, there's so many things I still have to do. You yes. know, most people are afraid of dying because mm-hmm. they recognize at some level that they're not really living.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so when, you're, when you recognize at some level you're not really living, you're afraid of dying because you think I still have so many things I need to do. Yes. But when the fear of death is overcome,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you come from that space of, you know what, I could die today, I could die tomorrow, but I'm awake right now. Like, let me live, right? Yes. Let me truly love. And then the, without the regret part, yes. I never want anyone to experience like any variation of what I experienced in that hospital room.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I thought that I really had messed up. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, every day for that next year and a half, I went to bed every night wondering if that was the last time I was gonna see my dad,
2: mm-hmm.
1: because we didn't know if we were gonna get three years. Every day was, this yes. might be it. Yeah. And then I woke up every morning thinking, was that all a dream? Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure, like what was real, you know. Yes. And so, for me, like that's my cause, like for helping people create that extraordinary life without regret, helping end suffering for as mm-hmm. many people as I can by helping them see where the source of suffering actually is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Just us suffering is suffering is the judgments that we have about pain, yes. mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and yes. so
1: suffering is created by us. And so, mm-hmm. when we recognize that. There is an end to suffering.
2: Mm-hmm. And, you
1: know, I've I've spent you know over a decade studying all the different world religions, and mm-hmm. they all have their variation of talking about that. And it's mm-hmm. just when you can come to that space of happiness, peace, fulfillment, you're living that extraordinary life without regret. Mm-hmm. It's like that's what it's all about for me. Like that's the I don't see anything greater you could be doing with your time. <laughs> and when you and when you yeah. do that, that'll look different for everybody. Yeah. Whether it be you know the people that you're serving how you're showing Mm -hmm. up in the world Mm -hmm. at the end of the day you're living like the greatest version of your life that you could be living and when someone's doing that bringing you back to what we said before Mm -hmm. that inspires me
0: that is so beautiful those are the perfect words to end today's um podcast it was such an honor to have you as my guest and um yes you really shared some amazing things and this is a beautiful vision you know in essence if we all live an extraordinary life i love the word you know extraordinary in your eyesight i mean it can't get any better then you shouldn't have any regrets and that should make life really so glorious
1: barbara thank you so much you have made the the last hour or so fly by (laughs) great conversation and i hope that everyone who's listening really take to heart whatever it is you heard today that assuming something stood out to you, whatever stood out to you, really take it to heart. Yes. It stood out to you for a reason. My
2: mm-hmm.
1: belief. And you know, when uh it's like when you read a book and then you read it again mm-hmm. after some period of time. Yes. And you get new ideas. New things come to you and you go, was that always there? I don't remember mm-hmm. that the first time I read mm-hmm. it. Because you weren't ready for it. Yes. So it didn't stand out. Yeah. So there's certain things that I've said that mm-hmm. went, you know, over your head, not in like mm-hmm. a well, not negative
0: in like a, way it, not like a negative like, way,
1: but it went over your head in the sense mm-hmm. that it's not in your awareness. You're not mm-hmm. ready for mm-hmm. that yes. in your journey yet. But mm-hmm. there are certain things that they landed, and you were like, "Wow, I need to do that," or "Wow, that's spot on," or "Wow, that's exactly what I needed to hear today." Yes. Whatever that was, let that in, let that percolate, act on it, and then come back and listen again, and then listen again. You know, there are books that I've read literally thirty times, mm-hmm. like more. Whether it be audio or yes. reading it, or yes, as I know that I'm going to get something different from it every single time. Yes, you know, and so in that same kind of way, I think that the time that Barbara and I spent together today, that you spent with us today, could really change your life and make you really shift them, shift some things for you if you're open to
0: it. Beautiful, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to have you as my guest, and yes. I hope to stay in touch and hear and learn so much more from you because you're really an inspirational human being.
2: Thank you
1: so much. <laughs>
0: it's my pleasure. Goodbye.
1: Bye bye.